This podcast for Pesach, the Festival of Freedom, is dedicated to Michael Andrew, the son of Jennifer. The story of the Haggadah is within us. Each year, as we sit down at the Seder table, we read in the Haggadah. In every generation, every person is obliged to see himself as if he came out of Egypt. Each year, we need to celebrate the Pesach story to see the hand of God himself delivering us from our bondage, not just in the past, but as an ongoing process in our present. As Pesach approaches, we get busy cleaning our houses of chomets, that is, all possible forms of leaven. What is the reason for this mitzvah which is given to us in the Bible? The Zohar, which deals with the reasons for the mitzvot, informs us that the leaven, the chametz, is the Yetzirah, the will to receive for ourselves alone, our selfish, egoistical love. Whereas the matzah is the Yetzirah Tov, the will to give unconditionally, it is the bread of freedom. When we look deeply into this concept, we can see how our egoism really is a bondage. We feel we have to have this material or that emotional set of circumstances in order to feel good. And then if these requirements are not met, we feel upset or emotionally disturbed in one way or another. This is definitely a servitude, an inner bondage. If we decide to give something to somebody, but we don't get the appreciation or other reward we feel we're owed, again, we are enslaved to our expectations. The ability to give unconditionally, without looking to see what, if anything, I get for it, is definitely a freedom. And this is what the matzah symbolizes, this willingness to extend ourselves without receiving anything back for it at all. But what happens in actual practice? is the moment we wish to start doing something like this, giving unconditionally, even though we can see in our minds that that is the right way, we find our innate will to receive for ourselves alone just stepping in and causing havoc. It simply won't let us do the work of giving unconditionally in a way that will bring us into affinity of form with the Creator. It stops us coming into our freedom. It is the Pharaoh within us. It is our own inner enslaver who's holding us in bondage and won't let us go free. Indeed, Rabbi Yehudalev Ashlag, the great Kabbalist, teaches the inner meaning of Pesach from the perspective that every single person is a whole world in himself, such that all the elements that we see in the story of Pesach as told in the Haggadah are within ourselves as well. By learning the story of Pesach, of the enslavement of our forefathers in Egypt and our deliverance. We are learning about ourselves and our own inner quest for freedom. The characteristics of Pharaoh, the enslaver of the children of Israel, are revealed in the Torah as one who absolutely denies God. Who is God that I should listen to his voice? He demands of Moses. Like all modern dictators, Pharaoh believes in absolute power 
and in his own invincibility, rather like the ego within ourselves. The prophet Ezekiel describes Pharaoh as a great crocodile. Speak and say, thus says the Lord God, I placed over you Pharaoh the king of Egypt, the great crocodile who crouches in the Nile, who says, I am the Nile and I have made it myself. Our own selfish egoism, known as the will to receive for itself alone, is the Pharaoh within us. Like the Pharaoh of old, when we identify with our selfishness, it fills our entire perspective. It fills our whole world. It says, who is God that I should listen to his voice? We think we are masters of our own fate. We think we just need to do that tactic or this stratagem and we'll be able to bend fate to our will. Only if I were to receive this satisfaction or that material good will I feel satisfied. And then our ego thinks, what do we need God for? In describing the bondage of the children of Israel to the Egyptians, the sages teach us that when the children of Israel were first enslaved in the Egyptian bondage, they were enslaved with both body and soul. In the same way, we get enslaved by our Pharaoh within us. The Yetzirah is the basic nature we all start with. And it's called in the Gemara an old and foolish king. King because it enslaves us. Old because it forms our old habits of thoughts and feelings. But it is foolish. It disconnects us from our true essence from our real selves. In just the same way, we also get mesmerized by the promises of our own innate ego, as well as the surrounding society and culture that promotes egoism and selfishness, surrounding us like a sea. What can we do? How can we wake up? What wakes us up? When do we realize this is not the life we want to lead? The sages taught, I created the evil inclination, I created the Torah as its healing spice. There is a special light in the Torah that leads a person back to the good way. When we look into the deeper meanings of the actions and symbols that are an intrinsic part of the festival of Pesach and of the Seder service, we begin to get a direction as to how to answer this question. In the period before Pesach, we spend time cleaning our house of Hametz, the leaven. And on the night before Seder night, we check the house for Hametz. And on the following morning, we burn it in a fire. In the Haggadah, which was put out by the pupils of Rabbi Ashlag, the great Kabbalist, we find a beautiful little instruction. Before we check the holes and cracks and check the house where Hametz could have fallen in, we first wash our hands and make a blessing with joy. Yes, with joy. And furthermore, when we nullify the Hametz, we say the formula, all the leaven which is in my possession, which I have seen or not seen, which I have destroyed or not destroyed, should be nullified and considered as the dust of the earth. In this Haggadah, this declaration 
is followed by an intention written by the great Kabbalist the Chida, a great Kabbalist of the 18th century. May it be your will, O Lord our God and God of our fathers, that you give us the merit to search out the wounds within our soul with which we have become sullied by listening to the advice of the evil inclination. Please give us the merit to return in tshuva shlema, in a complete returning. May you, in your abundant mercy, help us and support us in this, because it is a matter of the glory of your name, and thus deliver us from any aspect of Chometz on Pesach, in this year and in every single year. Amen. I find this formula beautiful because it is only when we see our own egoism that we can ask the Almighty to help us deal with it. Our first step is to see it, and it is a merit to see it. Seeing it is a great step forwards and a source of joy. We find this joy in seeing our enslavement also in the Seder service itself. As we approach the Seder table, we can see the Seder plate laid out in its traditional setting according to the Svirot that the different elements represent. In the setting which goes according to the Holy Ari, the bitter herbs, the Moral, is placed right in the middle of the Seder plate. On the right hand side we have the shank bone which is for the Svirot of Chesed. On the left hand side is the egg and that is for the Svirot of Gvura. And then right in the centre, in the middle line, is the bitter herbs, in the place of the Sfirah of Tiferet, or Rachamim, compassion. Bitter herbs, compassion? How do the bitter herbs represent compassion? In the Haggadah we say, these bitter herbs, what are they for? They are here because the Egyptians embittered the lives of our forefathers in Egypt. That's compassion? And actually it is. So long as the children of Israel when in Egypt did not realize the bitterness of their inner enslavement, they could not pray for redemption. The first step was actually to realize how low they'd sunk, their own mental, emotional and physical enslavement to the values of the Egyptians, the bitterness of their disconnection from God and the trap they'd fallen into. It is compassion from the side of God when he allows us to see our own egoism and to feel how it's hurting us. Once, one of the students asked Rabbi Ashlag, what do we gain from the light of the Torah? And he answered, generally speaking, people don't do things that they know will harm them. So people hang on to their own egoism because they can't see that it's harming them. Actually, they think it benefits them, so they can't throw it away. The light of the Torah enables us to see the damage our egoism is doing to us. So we try different things. We do therapies of different types, we struggle, and each time, thinking it's this time, we can save ourselves. But the sages of the Talmud taught that Pharaoh had made a type of magic 
on the gateways of Egypt, such that no slave could ever escape. And we also find that we try to escape through this tactic or that, and we need to try. We need to make every effort we can, because it is only through these efforts that we ultimately come to understand that it is only Hashem who can help us. Then we turn to God and we pray, and God hears our prayer. And our prayer, when it comes from the depth of our heart, is always heard every single time. If we follow the story of the events in the Haggadah, we find precisely the same events unfolding. First, we learn about the descent into Egypt, the first feeling of well-being there, and then the slow sinking into slavery, followed by the recognition of their own state and the prayer to God for redemption and the fact that God heard their prayer. Let's follow this sequence in the words of the Haggadah itself. And I'm reading it from the translation of the Haggadah on the Chabad website with grateful thanks. And it is said, your forefathers went down to Egypt with 70 persons. And now the Lord your God has made you as numerous as the stars of the heaven. And he became there a nation. This teaches that Israel was distinctive there great and mighty. As tis said, and the children of Israel were fruitful and increased abundantly and multiplied and became very, very mighty and the land became filled with them and numerous. As tis said, I passed over you and saw you wallowing in your blood and I said to you, by your blood you shall live and I said to you, by your blood you shall live. I caused you to thrive like the plants of the field and you increased and grew and became very beautiful. Your bosom fashioned and your hair grew long, but you were naked and bare. The Egyptians treated us badly and they made us suffer and they put hard work upon us. The Egyptians treated us badly. As they said, come, let us act cunningly with the people lest they multiply. And if there should be a war against us, they will join our enemies, fight against us and leave the land. And they made us suffer. As tis said, they set taskmasters over the people of Israel to make them suffer with their burdens. And they built storage cities for Pharaoh, Pitom and Ramses. And they put hard work upon us. As tis said, the Egyptians made the children of Israel work with rigor. And they made their lives bitter with hard work, with mortar and with bricks and all manner of service in the field, all their work which they made them was with rigor. And we cried out to the Lord, the God of our fathers, and the Lord heard our voice and saw our suffering, our labour and our oppression. And we cried out to the Lord, the God of our fathers, as tis said, during that long period, the king of Egypt died. And the children of Israel groaned because of the servitude, and they cried out, and their cry for help from their servitude rose up to God. And the Lord heard our voice, as it is said, and God heard their groaning, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And he saw our suffering. This refers to the separation of husband and wife, 
As it is said, God saw the children of Israel and God knew. Our labour, this refers to the children. As it is said, every boy that is born you shall throw into the river and every girl you shall keep alive. And now oppression. This refers to the pressure, as it is said, I have seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. And the Lord took us out of Egypt with a strong hand and an outstretched arm, with great manifestation and with signs and wonders. The Lord took us out of Egypt, not through an angel, not through a saraf, and not through a messenger. The Holy One, blessed be he, did it in his glory himself. And thus it is said, In that night I will pass through the land of Egypt, and I will smite every firstborn in the land of Egypt from man to beast, and I will carry out judgments against all the gods of Egypt. I am the Lord. I will pass through the land of Egypt. I am not an angel. And I will smite every firstborn in the land of Egypt, I and not a seraph. And I will carry out judgment against all the gods of Egypt, I and not a messenger. I, the Lord, it is I and none other. Indeed, it is God himself who delivers us today and every day from our own inner bondage. We are commanded to remember the coming out of Egypt every day of our lives. Just as he took us out of Egypt in those days, he delivers us every day now from the destruction and bondage of our own inner Pharaoh. Only God himself can redeem us and he does. This is the story of Pesach, the story of redemption, that God himself came and took us out of there with his outstretched arm, with his wonders and his miracles. And he does it still here today, here and now, when we turn to him in true recognition of our bondage and with our deepest prayer for redemption. This day tonight, may we all merit to freedom from all our enslavements and come to our fullest redemption as individuals and as a collective in full consciousness, the whole community of Israel. Amen. This audio recording is brought to you from Nahora School, established by Yadida Cohen for the study of the Kabbalah as taught by Rabbi Yehudalev Ashlag. Studies with Yadida Cohen are available through the Nahora School online. Details at www.nahoraschool.com or www.nahorapress.com.